and uh, and a lot of Pakistani students were in China, especially in the region of Wuhan. They were doing uh, study there, yeah. so they they would become part of the lockdown, so they 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 didn't get to leave. Uh, okay. So there was a lot of uh, hue and cry from the parents of these students to actually get them out. Okay. And the Pakistani government was saying, look, it's, it's difficult to get them out because if, if we get them out, basically that would mean actually we're bringing uh, the pandemic to Pakistan as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Welcome to Quarantine Dailies, an experimental podcast that each day explores these unprecedented times through the voice and perspective of a different one of us around the world. I'm J.D. Picard. And like many of us, I'm stuck at home. As more and more of us get quarantined, our daily lives, jobs, relationships have been affected in ways that were simply unpredictable. Our goal with Quarantine Dailies is to bring you a different personal story every day, from how their life was before this all began, how it is now with quarantining and social distancing, and what they are striving to do or shape up for the future. Yes, a lot of it is bad and scary. But through these conversations, it's clear there is space for opportunity and optimism, even if in small, everyday ways. So, um, Harun, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, could you, to get started, could you just uh, quickly introduce yourself? Uh, sure, Jerry. Thanks for inviting me. I am currently in London, working in London, uh, working for a travel uh, tech startup. I'm heading their development, software development division. Uh, originally, I'm from Pakistan, still have very strong uh, ties there. So do travel back and forth. I'm married and I do have a three-year-old daughter uh, as well. So hopefully that's a quite quick and short intro. Your background is mostly for, over the last few years, is mostly software development, effectively. And yes. being a, a, tech, a tech lead for, uh, in software development. Yes. Awesome. So, um, just circling, start, starting at the beginning, back when life was normal, how did um, a standard week look like for you? Uh, to be honest, I think it was <clears throat> pretty normal. Uh, I assume same as a lot of other people. Um, it was nine to six job in office, working with the colleagues, having a bunch of meetings here and there, and the evenings mostly. Uh, dinner with family or sometimes with friends. And um, over the weekend, it was mostly around a bit of a shopping here and there, going out with the, my daughter, the parks and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, possibly a call back home to have a quick catch up with my mom. Uh, Great. And then um, obviously, since you're in London, do you, do you use the public transport a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much daily because that's, that's the only medium to actually get them uh, back from office, uh, um, the people know London. It's traveling either in the morning or in the evening is quite difficult, especially around the central London. So yeah. the public transport is the quickest way to actually in and out of anywhere in the central. And back then, did you make any any major plans for for what to do this year? Yes, uh, the major plan was actually at some point to save up some little bit of money and do the house renovation. That was oh, nice. The idea. So there was the idea this year, uh, which in, involved a bit of an extension and stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and a bit of traveling, to be honest. Like, I'm not big on travel. So idea of this year was minimum travel to two or three different places this year and do the house renovation. When did you first start noticing, um, noticing the, and, and anything was afoot? To be honest, this thing started 
I would say somewhere, I think so, and generally mid-February, uh, somewhere around that, you start to hear news from China. The virus is there, virus is spreading, Chinese authorities are doing a lockdown a little bit. Uh, and you do, at that point, to be honest, when they were doing the lockdown, China is pretty much next to uh, Pakistan, uh, my home country. And, um, and a lot of Pakistani students were in China, especially in the region of Wuhan. They were doing uh, study there. Yeah. So they, they would become part of the lockdown, so they, they, they didn't get to leave. Uh, really? So there was a lot of uh, hue and cry from the parents of these students to actually get them out. Okay. And the Pakistani government was saying, look, it's, it's difficult to get them out because if, if we get them out, basically, that would mean actually we're bringing uh, the pandemic to Pakistan as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that would eventually, that means. So I think so. That was uh, the first dose of reality which hit us. But again, at that point, the idea was, ah, it's that part of the world, they will deal with it. And, um, and th that would be all. Uh, it yeah. never occurred to us uh, for some weird reason that it will actually spread, spread fast. And it will yeah. get to us quite quickly in the next matter of next weeks or so. Yeah. And so you're, um, was your, was your family, uh, back in Pakistan, was your family concerned about it all? Like how, how are they dealing with that, with that situation? Uh, like I said, the thing is they, they were aware of it, definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, but due to the, the cultural thing, they were not that worried about it because the point was, it was being, uh, announced and touted in the beginning, if you remember as, as a, as a variant of flu. Yeah. Never said it, it is a deadly thing. So they were thought, ah, it's the flu, we'll have it, it will go away in a few days' time, and we all will be fine. So nobody took it that seriously, except yeah. government. Government knew how bad it can get for certain people yeah. or certain segment of the population. Uh, so people were not that worried. So is my family. I was keep telling them, like, stay clear of certain places, don't go into the, uh, the public gatherings. Uh, but at that point, uh, they took it pretty easy, actually. Mm. And the problem is, to be honest, uh, that is still the case in in the majority in the subcontinent, and that's that's the scary part. Yeah, and when you say the subcontinent, you mean uh, India, uh, Pakistan, Bangladesh. That's that's the yeah. Okay. Because the thing is, you are seeing the numbers of people dying in, uh, which is very unfortunate, in Italy, in Spain, and UK. Mm -hmm. uh, believe me, when this thing explodes in, in that region of the world, due to the uh, lowest quality of health standards and availability of uh, the health uh, facilities, mm -hmm. the number is going to compound very quickly, very fast. It's going to yeah. get worse there very quickly. And you were mentioning uh, before we started recording as well, in terms of like the, the fact that the, the density of populations there is also very, 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 very high. Uh, that, that, that's a very major factor, uh, mm. uh, like you mentioned. Uh, we didn't have a chat before, like Pakistan, India, Bangladesh are very highly populated and in a very high density, especially mm. in the cities. Uh, and on top of that, uh, the poverty line, the number of people, are, which is around 25 to 50%, I believe, so lives around the poverty line, mm -hmm. which means they live on day-to-day -day wages kind of scenarios. Yeah. So lockdown is not that easy to happen. And if you do a lockdown, uh, it might actually uh, result in a more of a civil unrest in the matter of weeks. Yeah. But if you don't do it, um, which, which I was talking about earlier, it's going to actually convert into a 
very major uh, disaster in a matter of uh, weeks. And that's what I'm more worried about. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the number of deaths are going to eclipse what we are seeing in Italy and Spain or anywhere else for that matter. Yeah, yeah I was mentioning that um, I, I spoke to some friends in, in, uh, in Kenya and Rwanda and, they, and they were, they, their concerns was echo very much your own. Um, it was be- because of that. Th- those facts are just really could compound uh, what ends up happening. And but you, is your is your family in uh, in one of the cities? Are they the village? How, where are they right now? They, they are in the, one of the uh, biggest cities. They are in Lahore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are, they are in the cities, which is good and bad in the same time. Good in the yeah. terms of health facilities are there, people are there. But again, it's very highly. Uh, densely populated city at the same time. So the number of infections spreading through that city is quite high, in and my I, opinion. Yeah. And are they quarantining right now? Are they keeping themselves at home? Yeah. Uh, they are quarantining as much as they can. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, the certain things, uh, again, it's, it's a cultural phenomena, which is not that quite common here, but there is quite common. Uh, the people, uh, the cleaners used to come to your house pretty much mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. to do some basic stuff and the cleaners uh, when they come uh, because of um, their education and some other uh, other impacts of that they're not that hygienic yeah and i'm asking my family to actually please let these people go give them their pay and ask them to stay in their houses for a month uh, and that's what yeah. few families did but not all families and that's mm-hmm. another even you are, it's one of those scenarios even if you are yourself quarantine the people who are coming into your house can actually bring it yeah, of course, of course, a hundred percent. And so um, let's go, let's come back to to, to your personal um, to personal side of the, side of the story in in London. When did you first start noticing that um, that all of this craziness was actually starting to impact your your personal life and your day to day life? Uh, like I said, I think that there's two or three events which actually happened one after another, which realize is 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 quite close to home now. One was. I think so, uh, the start of the last week, uh, Monday 15 or something, when, when we were told to work from home, actually. Yeah. And we were not the only company, uh, like 80% of the companies in London were being told to work from home. Yeah. Uh, and the days leading to that day, uh, which was Monday, so leading like Thursday, Friday, Monday itself, uh, because we went to office on that day, there was a bit of a sense of fear. Uh, when you were traveling, uh, and you can see it that people were on a bit of an edge. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was. It was. It it felt in the air something was different. Yeah. Uh, the second wave which hit me was uh, during that weekend. Actually, went to uh, the Tesco, which is a quite big twenty-four hour Tesco, to get uh, a bit of a groceries, milk. Yeah. So, so Tesco. Like so Tesco is like a a large. Uh, in this supermarket, case, a large yeah. supermarket, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24 hour, 24 seven supermarket, large supermarket. So yeah, I uh, went there and the shelves were bare bone. Nothing was literally there. From toilet tissues, which I don't understand till now, what's the reasoning behind it, uh, to milk, to eggs, and some simple pasta. Mm. Uh, the tomatoes kind of stuff, pretty much all, all things were gone. Yeah. And it is one of those, uh, which I've mentioned before, I think such a jail, uh, it felt one of those cases like you are living an episode of uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, like, like things are empty, people are like walking in a bit of a trance state, 
it just felt different. Yeah. Uh, and the third thing which happened in the last four or five days, one of my very close friends uh, who lives in Bradford, a smaller city in England, uh, we, we were having a chat and then told me like, look, I have been affected by uh, the corona. I'm having a really bad cough and it's really, really painful. But luckily I have been told by the doctors uh, I'm on the, on the recovery side of things now. Mm. Uh, but mm. believe me, I didn't have to go to the hospital, but the last three days I've spent, they were really, really painful and really uh, wanted you to stay home and don't go outside. It, 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 it does not worth it. Yeah. Uh, and that was the, like a, the, uh, a kind of a warning shot which went close to your ear and you said, Phew. Um, <laughs> and from that conversation till now, I haven't left my house. I'm living within the four walls. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's crazy. So, so you're spending more time now at home um, and with your your wife and daughter. Um, yeah. What are you planning uh, to do to survive the next two, two three months? Hopefully, this this can wrap up faster, but we just don't know. So, well, have you have you had those conversations with with your wife? What what are you guys going to try and do for the next two three months? To be honest, look, it does not. <clears throat> what we try to do actually. Uh, to be honest, initially when uh, this whole thing was starting, I was, I'd never thought about rushing. I said, look, uh, government is competent, superstores are very competent, so hopefully we don't have to do any one of these things that people are doing, which is basically buying everything in bulk. Yeah. But like I said, when I went to Boston and Tesco, and the whole thing was kind of bareboard empty. And it's one of those things where you might not be afraid for yourself. You might think, okay, um, if I have to, in the worst case scenario, you have to live off a piece of bread, I can manage eventually uh, to find something. But you know that your kid, which has to have mm. the milk two times a day, yeah. and if she's not going to have that, she's going to have a tantrum and she's going to struggle. And it's one of those things you said, okay, shit, I have to do something now to, yeah. to do a little bit of that. So <clears throat> the first thought was have enough food in the house to minimum survive me uh, like 30 to 40 days. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully things will calm down during that period. Government will have better handle on these things and then it will be a bit more manageable. So I try to buy, buy off a few dry stuff, a bit of a floor, rice, this kind of stuff. So it just lost me like 30, 40 days. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm currently living on. So the idea is when I get to the point where I need another uh, list of grocery shopping, um, I will just go out, buy enough to last me another 20 to 30 days. Yeah. So living kind of month on month basis. And before that, I used to live like week to week kind of basis. Like I, yeah. I usually go out for a week, buy enough for a week or two. And that was fine. So I have doubled basically my shop. That's, that's <laughs> I think so. Yes. What I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's what, it's what everybody's trying to do. Um, yeah, again. And to be honest, look, it, it does not feel right at the same time. Um, because in theory, if everybody was just shopping for themselves for a week or two, nothing would have happened, believe me. Uh, as as yeah. I generally believe the supermarkets and the government was telling the truth when they were saying, we have enough of everything, just be considerate. Uh, but just people went crazy. Yeah. It was a panic behavior, which I think so caused more problem than anything else. Yeah, I was, um, I was listening to this, uh, this mini analysis on why, on the problem with the supply chain of uh, toilet paper. And, um, and the problem is, um, it's a supply side problem in the sense that 
demand for toilet paper is a hundred. It's always consistent, as in it's not seasonal at all. People just use as much toilet paper as there is a number of population. So that's the supply chain is made for that. So when it comes to this case where there's a massive peak in um, in uh, in purchase of toilet paper, there's, there's it's really really hard to restock the shelves because nothing in the supply chain from the from the, the plant manufacturing to the logistics to supply things to the stores and everything is set up to be able to handle any fluctuations in, in, the, in demand. And so, um, so it's actually interesting because it's a, it's a harder problem to solve to restock shelves with toilet paper than, um, than, people, than people assume, which is, it, it just causes these things, these issues that Interesting, normally, very interesting, yeah. Normally it would never be an issue, right? And, and Absolutely. It, but it's just this erratic behavior that is technically nonsensical, but it just happens, and um, that that the system cannot cope with, which is very interesting. Um, and it's it's it, generally speaking for me, it's, it's it opens up this whole thing because it's a, in a way, it's a it's you know it's a it's a market, it's a market shift, and then the market takes a long time to to adapt to it, and even then, for the market, it might not even make too much sense to adapt to it too much because it's going to come back to normality later. And it, it, could, it can be a case of market failure. Yeah, some really interesting economic implications, um, just even in a, such a simple, simple, simple case. Absolutely. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's good times to just geek out on really weird, <laughs> really weird <laughs> problems. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, so, and uh, coming back to you, how are you keeping your social life going? Uh, yeah, because to be honest, look, we used to have like to be honest like uh, on this easter uh, bank holiday which was coming next month uh, on the 10th or 12th of April, me and a few of my friends were planning uh, to just uh, with families actually to just uh, went to the lake district and spend like four or five days there and have a bit of a chiller time yeah but suddenly the whole thing changed and like uh, it's like a kind of like a underlying understood rule that's not happening uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and on the other side, like we used to call every week or few days to just have a catch up and just meet up and have a bit of a dinner and stuff like that, uh, house visits and everything. And that just suddenly changed for the first week and 10 days. Nobody contacted each other out of fear. If they asked us to come over and we have to uh, either say yes or no, and we don't want to do that. Uh, so there was a bit of, a, to be honest, it's a bit of a cultural thing as well. You have to understand, uh, uh, Asian families, uh, if somebody says, look, I'm coming to your place, and the other person says, no, please don't come, that is considered very rude. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, it's interesting. Asian, so you have, the, you have, you can say, call someone and say, I'm coming over to your place, kind of thing. That's, is that something that, um, that, that you do? Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely okay. call and say, look, we are coming over, or we will come over by Saturday or something, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and and the usual answer from the other uh, other side of things are yeah yeah absolutely fine come over whenever you want to absolutely fine no worries there or uh, the very polite answer is like oh so we already have a plan so can we do it the day after that or a yeah. week before a week after and then you come to the conclusion but unfortunately this pandemic does not give you that answer you can't say come yeah. next week you know that it's not happening yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and and that's actually making it a bit awkward if you. Uh, for some reason, if you say, look, I'm coming to your house, and nobody's going to say that, but out of fear, nobody's That's calling me. That's so either. funny. That's so funny. It's so, so funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody's coming over, but nobody's uh, 
just out of fear is not calling that so yeah. what i did actually i started calling my friends over the uh, facetime group chat and the fa- facetime you just look them in and then then for the last week or so we are every other day mm. we are just calling each other spending like 30 40 minutes talking about what we are facing and most probably like out of those 30 40 minutes definitely 10 minutes are going towards abusing covid 19 <laughs> why did you happen why why um, so yeah so now it's it, it, it is more bearable the yeah. quarantine lockdown is more bearable since we start having those conversations uh, and letting the steam go basically a little bit that's really good that's really really good so in that um in that line um just a very quick a few quick quick fire questions um sure. for you, for you, for you just take whatever you want to take it um has the current situation made you take realize you were taking something for granted oh definitely look uh before that traveling was not an issue especially in london where uh, uh, the transport network is actually alive 24 hours a day uh, in in some capacity one way or the other uh, on top of that uh, like if, if i have to buy something whatever i need to i can go 3 am in the morning to 24 hour supermarket and get whatever i want to but mm-hmm. now i know that is not possible anymore if i have to buy something i have to make sure i go in certain hours which is most probably early in the morning uh, i have to make sure when i leave i have to put a mask on for example yeah. uh, when i get back home i have to wash my hands face everything i can actually think yeah. of uh, whatever i have touched on i have to clean that stuff as well uh, yeah. some antibacterial or something so yeah yeah definitely a lot of things we take for granted and never give it a second thought uh, now you start to realize uh all these things uh, require a lot of work and effort to make make sure these things keep running the way they are yeah is there there's something that um um you're surprised to um or or just realizing that you're enjoying more right now maybe because you have more time or because you uh, for whatever reason uh, i i wouldn't call it surprise but definitely enjoying uh, certain aspects of it a bit more uh, especially I get a chance to spend a lot of time with my daughter her play board kind of thing because she yeah. can actually take a lot of uh, numerics and alphabet stickers and just put it on me and then I'm her walking play board basically she can take me in any room uh, take them off from me and put it on something else and then put it from something else and put it back on me and then take me to another room uh, so i'm kind of a play doh kind of situation is for me right now um, <laughs> Uh, dad sit down there dad do that dad do that and dad has to do that of course uh, <clears throat> so that's what that that's what I'm joined quite but more and the other thing i think so which i never noticed before or not noticed enough uh, her creativity uh, she can mm-hmm. see things differently than i usually do uh, for example um, she draw the train tracks in two circles put the trains next to those circles and call it ah these are Uh, the glasses for the dad or the glasses for the mom and i say okay they are quite big but yeah fair enough i can fair enough. <laughs> uh fair enough i'll try uh, them on yes yeah i'll try them on <laughs> why not <laughs> um and the similar thing like uh, uh she looked at the cars uh, and um, we were watching the cartoon the car come on the screen and she just turned on uh, the car lights and she said look car is awake and i think oh, okay, she's yeah. zooming 
she's assuming the car lights are actually the car eyes and they are like lit up so it means it's awake it's, yeah. it's a fair assumption to look at yes, the shape yeah. and the body work uh, everything point towards those things to be uh, the eyes that's not fair enough uh, I get that so yeah having few insightful conversation with my kid which is pretty good that's great and uh, is there um, a favorite show you're watching or re-watching right now uh, two shows very different uh, I used I, I still watch documentary I used to watch documentaries but for the last few days uh, I'm watching a documentary on a, a Netflix called pandemic mm -hmm. which is a few years old but the idea is behind uh, why the pandemics happens, uh, especially the influenza ones. Uh, yeah. Assumption is the next one is going to happen at some point in the next uh, anytime. Uh, yeah. They don't know when, but it's, they they are pretty sure it's going to happen. Yeah. And the the another uh, vertical to that thing is uh, they are trying to develop a, a genetic vaccine for influenza. So any past and future strains of influenza can be treated by the same vaccine. Yeah. Uh, so that was the kind of the race against time. And now since this thing has happened, I'm just telling myself, okay, you guys have lost uh, that race. Uh, <laughs> you have to speed up a little bit now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like if this is a couple of years old show, you're like, come on, guys, seriously. <laughs> what have we been doing all this time? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that and the other thing I think so I'm watching uh, from the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian. Yeah. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Mandalorian, because people can get very touchy about Star Wars, and I don't oh, yeah. want to disturb them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I've seen that as well. It's uh, it's not bad. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. And um, the probably to check out that pandemic, uh, pandemic show on Netflix. Even though it may ring a bit too, too true, too close to home right now. Absolutely, uh, it does. Believe <laughs> it does. Yeah, um, and um, so do you, uh, it sounds like you feel like you have a, a bit of an extra free time. And um, if that's the case, wh what are you most excited to be spending that time on? To be honest, two uh, aspects of it. One is professional. Um, uh, I want to actually uh, dig deep into the data science, machine learning mm -hmm. aspect of the systems. Yeah. Uh, so definitely going to be spending some time in that domain and trying to learn or build up few uh, prototype, let's just say that, to develop okay. more in-depth understanding. Yeah. And at the same time, on the personal level, like I said, the home renovation was, was the idea this year. I might not be able to do the most of it now, but the one thing I still want to do is actually take off the wallpapers in my home and actually put on some uh, paint, uh, oh, some sweet. colorful stuff. So and, that is still on the agenda. That's good. That's good. And and so what's what's the biggest opportunities that you see for yourself uh, personally through all of this and looking looking into the future and looking at how we can overcome this? Uh, to be honest, I think so the major opportunity for me, and I believe so it's going to be the same for a lot of people, it's just going to give them a bit of a, a reset, hard reset to look at what they were doing in the last four or five years is that the same thing they want to keep doing for the next 10 years? Yeah. Uh, uh, or it will give them a bit of a break if they want to learn something different or relearn something, both professionally, personally. Uh, it will give them a bit of a chance to actually uh, 
do a bit of a the life adjustment, I believe so. Because I, I definitely myself trying to do that. I'm trying to re-adjust myself to see where I want to be in the next 10 years, both professionally, personally, I want how I want to build myself uh, from this point on. Sweet. Yeah, I, I really feel that. And and I do a lot of conversation I had um, um, are exactly in that line. Uh, I can definitely <laughs> I can definitely hear your daughter right now. I think she's yes, about, she's, call, she's calling for dad. She's like, Dad, where's my plaything? Where's my Play-Doh? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because so, that's another thing. I'm her like a backup plan. Whenever <laughs> she's not having a when she's not having a good time with her uh, mom, she has to call me so that I can save her. For some reason, she believes that I can save her from the mom, which I don't. Mom. Because <laughs> then otherwise you have to deal with mom and that's just, just that's just worse. She is here to take my alphabet actually from me. Oh, there you go, you see? Go circle back around. Yeah. I have to give it back eventually. I can't exactly. Have all the time. Of course not. Don't be selfish, or it's been amazing. Is there any uh particular cause or idea or anything that you would like to to promote? Personally, the only thing I'm interested in, uh, as, as you know, like education is quite close to me personally. Uh, and the reason being uh, in the subcontinent, it's just not the Pakistan issue, it's the whole subcontinent issue. Uh, we really want to um, improve the education standard in, in yeah. this whole region. Uh, so, especially, I believe so, uh, as you can see, this, you can see a lot of. Uh, software developers, doctors, engineers coming out of both, uh, coming out of, uh, how should I put it, the big cities, but yeah. the, the rural areas, they are quite suffering from uh, the standard of education. Yeah. So I think that that's the only place where I would like to uh, invest both my personal time and the financial resources if I can to improve yeah. it. Makes complete sense. That's an awesome, worthy yeah. cause. And look, I am definitely, definitely going to let you go back to, <laughs> back to your daughter. Yes. Because <laughs> she, she deserves it right now. Thank you so much for your time, Arun. And um, uh, it was and a that, pleasure. It was a pleasure. A pleasure was all mine. Thanks for listening to Quarantine Dailies, a project by J24D. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can show us your love in two ways. Number one. Leave us a comment and five stars on Apple Podcasts or any other place you use to listen. Number two, do you know someone else who should be interviewed? Drop us a line at podcast at j24d.com with their name, their city, and contact details, and we'll be in touch. Now wash your hands, keep your social distancing, and stay safe, friends. Talk tomorrow.